Welcome to 45 Forward, the beginning of the rest of your life. Each week, host Ron Roel and his guests discuss topics of interest to many listeners in their 40s and beyond, including retirement, caring for aging parents, health, lifestyle, and more. It's time to think ahead to the next half of your life, and we'll help you plan it with ease. Now, here is Ron Roel. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of 45 Forward, where our mission is to help you, our listeners from Los Angeles to Long Island, make your second half of life even better than the first. Today, we're going to explore a hot topic. It's called the Great Resignation. In the midst of all the anxiety and unpredictability of this ongoing pandemic, more than 4 million Americans have been quitting their jobs every month, some searching for better opportunities, others just leaving the workforce entirely. The exodus of workers has left millions of jobs unfilled, creating operational challenges for many companies. And while workers across age groups are leaving their companies, resignation rates, somewhat surprisingly, are the highest among mid-career employees. What's going on? And what does this voluntary exodus mean to those leaving jobs and looking for new jobs, careers, or lifestyles? In today's episode, we sort out all these issues with Scott Possessor, a widely recognized staffing expert executive recruiter and radio show host, who's seen his share of tumultuous changes in the job market over more than 25 years. Scott will talk about the various factors motivating workers, from the desire for a better work-life balance to searching for more fulfilling jobs, at least better wages, benefits, and a workplace environment. He'll explain the opportunities that the pandemic has unexpectedly opened up for workers, but also the potential hazards of leapfrogging to new jobs, as well as ways to get a better job without ever having to leave your company. The host of the weekly radio show, Radio Job Line, Scott will offer his observations and some solutions to the latest strategies for job hunting, which remains a challenging endeavor as companies struggle with understaffed HR departments and job seekers often deal with the frustrations of being ghosted by companies. And Scott will talk about the bigger questions facing many folks as they progress in their careers beyond the pandemic. Where do you wanna be in your final frontier, last phase of your retirement? or even continuing into retirement years, however you want to spend them. So now let's meet today's guest, Scott Possessor. Welcome, Scott. Thank you, Ron. Great to be here with you. Yes, and I should say welcome back, Scott, because uh, when I started 45 Forward in January of 2021, you were one of my first guests on January 18th, to be precise. And I appreciate it. And we didn't even have video that day as we were just recalling. Right. Right. So happy new year and happy one year anniversary to us. <laughs> great. It's great. Well, congratulations on your on your on your first full year. And um, you've been doing a fantastic job. And I listen to the show all the time. Great. Appreciate that. So, of course, there's a lot. A lot's happened since then. Uh, you know, at that time, there were a lot of uncertainty with new presidency, lots of questions about going forward with politics, social issues, the economy. And then there was COVID chapter two. Of course, mm-hmm. the first year, chapter one, things are shut down. Last year, we were thinking like, okay, well, you know, this was the year of the vaccine development. We we thought they were, we were heading towards stemming this pandemic, and now here we are. Now we're in chapter three. We don't know where we're going right now. Yep. Um, you know, uh, and one of the things that we really didn't think about, you know, was this notion of the Great Resignation. I don't think people we really saw that at the time. I didn't certainly see it. So tell us, Scott, a little bit more about what is this about. It's got a lot of press, but explain a little bit about this. COVID, COVID actually is responsible for all this because it, it, it created the perfect storm, Ron, like a formula, almost like a formula out of a, 
that, that you might pull out of an Excel spreadsheet. Uh, take this, add this, put that on top of this and add this, and then you got chaos. So, so that's basically what has happened here. So uh, the, the, the pandemic proved that people who were not privy to working at home could in fact work from home and do so successfully. Right. So that opened a huge amount of eyes. And I think that is the number one reason for the great resignation. People realize that they can work from home. Now, true, not everybody can work from home. If you're a first responder, you're an EMT, you're a doctor, you know, whatever, you can't. I understand that. But a lot of people can. So many people. I would venture to say 75% of the workforce are not, are, are not in that category. And they can, in fact, work from home. So one of the, the things people are questing for, trying to find, is more remote work. Now, to, to answer the bell, companies are beginning to offer hybrid roles. So, uh, and I'm telling you this from a staffing perspective. So, right. so like my top company, uh, who shall remain nameless, uh, is now saying, well, this job can be two days a week from home. Brand new jobs that they never would have offered any home to, you know, any any remote work to. So the companies are responding, and this is actually making the jobs more attractive to candidates. Right. Two days a week from home, in some cases, three days a week from home. I mean, it's pretty damn good. Um, I work at the office four days a week right now, I'm, uh, but I enjoy my day from home, my, right. my one day a week from home. So, so it, it's, that's one of the main things that caused all of this, like a, like a, like a domino effect. Right. And then you had people falling out of industries, Ronnie. You had people from hospitality that couldn't get a job working for another restaurant because they were all in the same boat. Right. And a lot of them left the hospitality field. And, and some of them went into entre, um, entrepreneurial adventures. Some of them changed industries and went elsewhere. But now when restaurants are starting to advertise to get people to come back to work for them, or at least until Omicron hit, um, they weren't able to find candidates because the candidates had left the business. Right. And were right. no longer interested in working in the hospitality industry. So that caused another hole, like another vacuum that had to get filled in. And various throughout the job market, various sectors of the job market were hit, some of them increasingly bad, some of them pretty bad, some of them not too bad, but a lot of the sectors uh, were affected by this. And then people started saying, well, all right, if I'm going to try to get a hybrid job where I can work more from home, why don't I get more money? Why don't I get better benefits? Right. You know, why don't I right. stop working in a cube? Give me an office to work in. You got all this extra office space. Thirty-two percent of New York City office space is empty. Thirty-two percent right. of all New York City office space is empty. So spread it out. Spread everybody out. Give them. Give everybody an office. So, right. uh, I, and I think that that is happening. And right. and they're and they're now thinking of new ways to attract employees. Right. So between the hybrid, the more money, better benefits. You know, this is costing money uh, companies a lot. You know, to 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 keep up with the Joneses and be able to attract the good candidates, but they have no choice, Ron. Right, right. They have no choice. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that you know it's sort of an accidental discovery, and I think on both sides, I think that a lot of um, for a lot of employees, I think uh, you know they realize, wait a minute, I, I can get a lot of work done at home. I, I have the flexibility of not having to commute, so I don't waste all that time. Um, there are certainly challenges. Um, you know, if you have kids at home, certainly one of the big challenges, of course, was that schools were shut 
for a while so that there was this stress on parents having to school their kids and take care of their kids facing what you know in previous you know times were just you know traditional childcare things mm-hmm. you know you you couldn't you couldn't work at home if you didn't have childcare that was one of the issues and, and I that think was, that that's that, part of the formula that I was talking about right. along with the technology up until 10 years ago you know, and, and, and we've been around as humans quite a quite a long time. Up until ten years ago, we didn't have Zoom, right? We we, did, we didn't have uh, Microsoft Teams. You know, that's really gives you such great transmission. Um, and we didn't have enough broadband. We didn't have so this was this, like I said, the perfect storm of right. the marriage of technology, the desire for different uh, work benefits, and 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 remote work, and and now the company is responding you know, right. and trying to meet the need of, of, of their candidates. Very interesting phenomena that's going on. I don't think this will ever happen again uh, because it's already happened. It happened once and that's right. it. That's it. We're done. So now you're going to have a, people working remotely for the rest of time uh, whenever they can, you know, not, not having extra traffic, keeping more cars off the road, keeping less, uh, less sets of lungs breathing on each other's uh, lives. Um, and, and it all makes sense you know, right. to, to, uh, to the worker of today. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. And I think that, so I think the workers realized that there was, it was a tremendous advantage of this. I think, you know, some of the surveys do look at the fact that, you know, people are taking this opportunity, enjoying this flexibility, but also some of it was the fact that they felt that this is an opportunity to, to make a change because they, they did feel their employers didn't really care about them that much, yeah. didn't care about these situations. So I think you're absolutely right in that employers, um, for better and worse, mostly for better, are, are, are realizing if they want to have the best employees, they have to basically offer these kinds of um, benefits um, and, and, and think about, you know, you know attracting the best candidates, um, which leads me to one other point that we've talked about in previous times, but sort of, sort of the hazard of this, you know, just, um, you know, being a little cautious before you leap, you know, so. Um, there's nothing wrong with the, this is an opportunity for workers, but uh, you've talked to me about before about this issue of, you know, the hazard of leaping and, and changing jobs too often. Yeah, I, I definitely, uh, I wrote an article for Long Island Business News and the, the publisher, you know, gave me a challenge and he said, you know, you got to write something different. Don't write the same old, you know, thing that everybody else is writing. And I, and I came to a realization as I was reading article after article after article about the same subject, everybody was saying the same thing, Ronnie. So, so there was nothing new, but I decided that there is something new. And that's that, what if you took a new job before the pandemic? So let's say 2018, you changed jobs in 2018. Then the pandemic came in 2019, right? So, and by 2020, your job was eliminated, okay? Now that's two jobs in the last two years. Now, because of the great resignation, you know, some recruiter calls you up and they go, you know, I got this great job for you. It's hybrid. You'd be able to work two days a week from home. It pays more than your current job, blah, 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 blah. Now you make a third change. So I'm seeing resumes that now have two and three jobs in the last two years, two and three jobs in the last two years. So what happened to the 25 year man with the gold watch? Well, that went away in in Y2K in in the year 2000 and that never came back. Uh, But I think it's gotten worse. And I think the the, people's resumes today look like traffic accidents. You know, there's just one job after another. So from from 2006 to 2007, 
I had this job. From 2007 to 2009, I had this job. Nine to 10, I had this job. 10 to 11, I had another job. And now in the last three years, I've had three more jobs. You know, so right. it's it's just not good. People look for loyalty, Ronnie. If you're hiring somebody, if you're a hiring manager, right? You don't want to hire a guy that's just left the just started looking for a job six months after he got a new one, right? I mean, that, that's discouraging. That that that's like I yeah, I don't want that candidate. You know, I want right. a candidate that stuck it out that 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 didn't change, right? Before, right. before the pandemic for no reason and didn't change as a result of the pandemic and now hasn't changed because there's such a thing called the great resignation. So, um, you know, I, I, I just think that it's, it's not wise to keep moving your job and changing your job and making your resume look like a traffic accident. You need stability, consistency, and loyalty and, and commitment. And if companies don't see that, they don't sense it, they don't hear it, they don't see it on your resume, they don't like it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that. Yeah, I think the certain certain mobility is is looked on favorably. I mean, sometimes if you've been in the same job for ten years or something like that, people go like, "Huh, you're not progressing. You're not moving on. You're not getting new skills and new experiences." But moving too much, I think you're exactly right. You know, it shows. Well, let me let me comment on that because you made a good point. It used to be ten years. Ten years was like mm-hmm. a benchmark. Okay, right. but it isn't ten years anymore. The average stay today is 3.7 years. The wow. average stay in America. So there's no 25-year goal watch. There's no 10 years. There isn't even five years anymore. The average person staying 3.7 years. So in, in my opinion, this is a really bad trend that is, I think, being destructive to the productivity of the workforce and to the individual who is eventually going to run out of reasons you know, to change jobs that have to stay at a job you may not like. Right, right. You know, so I would say the, what I recommend to people is when you take a new job, don't even think about leaving for three years. Don't mm-hmm. even think about leaving for three years. Right, right. Be the one that, that resisted the temptation. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that, you know, you've mentioned that there are certain, certain things change, but there are certain basic principles, pillars that don't change. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, stability and commitment loyalty um, as long as you're you're making contribution and advancing, I think as we looked upon favorably, you know. Recently, I had um, so I was I'm involved in a nonprofit organization, and and uh, we were looking at um, you know, uh, we the staff has been meeting remotely, um, and and uh, and so we had a decision to make. You know, it's possible we people are going to come back to the office. What were we going to do? How are we going to do this? Uh, and the staff put together a plan for the, the executive director of this um, uh, program said, well, we, we've put together a program we think works. And it's basically a hybrid plan. Most people can work remotely. We have planned to you know, come into the office uh, on certain occasions. Uh, we're here. We're connected. And, um, you know, there was, you know, the, the organization that, that was part overseeing this program was a little bit skeptical. And uh, I just said, listen, you know, this is where we are. I said exactly what you said. You want to attract the best candidates. You know, this is what we need to do, but we need to have a plan. But the main thing I said is this remote structure and process can work, but look at it and say, can we meet our goals? Can we meet our objectives doing this? If we can't, then we don't do it. Don't do it just because it's trendy. So there's still certain basic premises, which is, can you meet your mission? Can you meet your goals? Can you meet your, you know, staff objectives? And then you can move forward and say, okay, this, this, let's, 
let's get with this, you know, this hybrid formula. Yeah. But but don't ignore the basic tenets of, of good management, you know, and hiring and retention. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and who doesn't want loyalty? I mean, in, in this crazy world that we live in, who doesn't want loyalty? I mean, loyalty is one of the things that one of the reasons you hire someone is because you think that they're going to be loyal to you and to your cause and to your company. Right. And uh, you can't be loyal if you're changing jobs three times in three years. Right. Right. And you can't right. pretend that you're being loyal. Right. Right. Now, is part of that trend just because of availability of jobs or are there job shortages or just mobility, you know, that there's just much more American mobility or? Well, I mean, if we have to look at a couple of different industry sectors, let, let, let's look at the, the, the big growth area of biotechnology. Okay. okay. One of, this is what, why is this so big? Well, Pfizer is producing uh, these drugs, these vaccines, and, and so is Moderna and Johnson & Johnson, and all these great uh, companies are providing biotechnology equipment and, and products for the production of pharmaceuticals, which is a, right. a huge field. Um, and, and if you look at that sector, it's been insulated all the way through. So since before COVID and right through the, now to present day, we can't find the candidates, Ron. We, we have not been able to find the candidates despite all that has gone on. But the hybrid thing that's now happening is affecting some of our IT jobs because we're getting more IT placements because people are getting to work from home for a couple of days on a VPN so that, the, you know, it, it's quite, um, uh, you know, confidential what they're doing. Um, so uh, it's just it's just hard to say where this is really going. You know, it, it, it's really difficult to say what's going to look like in a few years, but I think it's going to look something like what we have now. You know, mm-hmm. with people uh, that can work from home, working from home at least a couple of days a week. Right, right. So uh, we have a lot more to talk about. I think we're going to we're going to take a short break, Scott, in a, in a, in a couple of seconds. But, uh, folks, I want you to just uh, don't go anywhere. Uh, we're going to be coming back with Scott Possessor, uh, premier job expert and radio show host himself. And uh, we have much more to talk about the job market in terms of uh, not only just what's happening now, but generally what, what, what's happening post-pandemic, what things are always there and what are always the issues. And Scott's got a lot of good advice about that. So don't go away, anybody. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. A brave heart is anyone with the courage to be of service to others. If you have that courage, then Bravehearts Radio with Brian Reinbold is for you. Even if you aren't yet, you'll want to still tune in to get inspired, create your own story to share, and change your life for the better. Listen to the stories of service and courage shared by amazing guests and your input too. Listen for Bravehearts Radio, Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember, doing good anywhere does good everywhere. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. 
planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania, and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance at success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to 45 Forward. To reach Ron Rowell or his guest on the program, please send an email to ron.roel at gmail.com. That's ron.roel at gmail.com. Now back to 45 Forward. Welcome back, folks. We're talking today with Scott Possessor, Senior Vice President of Executive Alliance, a national recruiting firm, and host of the weekly radio show, Radio Jobline, which airs on Saturdays at 2 p.m., on 103.9 FM, where I am, Long Island. Also, you can find it online at www.linewsradio.com slash radio job line. Now, before we continue our conversation, I just wanted to mention you can listen to several of Scott's previous shows, as well as read a number of his insightful articles about job hunting. Just go to his LinkedIn page, you know, connect by LinkedIn, and or go to his company's blog, executiveallied.com slash blog. So you can see all of Scott's work and learn much more about what he's doing. So that you know, take advantage of that. So, so before the break, we were talking about um, you know a lot of the um, tumultuous things happening in the job market. Some of which are COVID related, but um, you know, and and some of it. Let's look at some of the things we've talked about in our previous show, but continue to be sort of an issue, which is that you know job hunting is still challenging. You know, I think part of what you mentioned is that. That it's what makes it challenging today is that a lot of companies are on their HR staffs are understaffed. And so they're not getting back to people. Um, you know, we talked about the black holes of the online job process and the ghosting. So, how, how do people react to that, Scott? What do they do to basically break through that uh, syndrome of, of feeling like they're being ghosted by companies? Well, Whether I, mean, I wish there was a way to <clears throat> like a formula or an answer to that question that would be satisfactory. But mm-hmm. I just think ghosting is something we all live with now. Uh, Ron, if you decided to go on an interview tomorrow and, and all, all of a sudden and, you know, you went on your interview and a week later, you haven't heard anything. Right. Two weeks later, you haven't heard anything. So now you're going to send a follow up note you know, right. in, in your own inimitable journalistic way and capture my attention. I'm the hiring manager, but I have nothing to say to you. I'm still sourcing new candidates for the job. I haven't finished my my painful process of saying, here are my three or four best candidates. So I don't have time, or uh, I'm playing the role of the hiring manager. I don't mm-hmm. have time to answer every candidate that writes to me and says, well, you know, where am I in the process? Am I still being considered? You know, well, all you want to know is the truth. You know, you, you, you right. don't need anybody to, 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 to sugarcoat it for you. But um, the fact is there's nobody available to answer that call. And, right. and, and there's nothing to say, you know, uh, in, in a positive vein, you know, uh, now if, if the guy did have time, 
And I see this happening more with smaller companies than with larger companies because they're all automated. All, right. the, all the larger companies are automated. So, so the the smaller company, you know, a great a great HR guy will will write back and say, Ron, thanks so much for following up. Still in the sourcing process. Should have some answers in the next few weeks. Wouldn't that be great? You know, to get a little uh, response like that. But you did, but it just doesn't happen. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like everybody's hiding behind that ghosting is okay when ghosting is really not okay. Right. You know, and, yeah. and it's very destructive to the interview process. Yeah. I mean, I think that you certainly will get some individualized attention if, if you're if you're in the you know secondary or tertiary processes of getting of making the cut for high level jobs. But other than that, I think you're right. That just it just doesn't happen. And, you know, I've talked to some people about it and it's 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 frustrating and it's discouraging. But I, I say to them, listen, don't take this personally. <laughs> you know, it is what it is. Um, now, there are ways that that uh, that that you've uh, developed um, uh, some of what you call your stealth job hunting tactics, which mm-hmm. I think are helpful. Um, one of them, you know, is that you're a master at is the use of LinkedIn. So talk a little bit more about that, about how you use that as a really, you know, valuable job hunting asset. Well, once LinkedIn came to town, the the ghoster can really not ghost you effectively. Huh. Because you okay. can always reach out to them on LinkedIn. So, so in a worst case scenario, when you have an interview, you don't have the email address of the person to follow up with. Send your, so that's a bad scene. You should always ask for that, by the way, Ron. Right. You know, always ask for contact information so that you can send that follow-up note. Right. I think follow-up right. notes are still very powerful. And, and if, you, if they receive them at the right time and they're grammatically perfect and they summarize all the re- best reasons the company should, they're, they're powerful. And mm-hmm. people should send follow-up notes. But what if you don't have the email address? And that's what they hid behind. Because, you know, with most companies, it's first name, dot last name at, you know, um, at Cisco.com. But, but it's just not like that with every company. So, but with LinkedIn, they can't escape you. So, mm-hmm. so you, you go to LinkedIn, you find a person, and you message them. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and, and so basically the LinkedIn is not a, a safe harbor now that it's being used to, to eliminate ghosting, but they still do the same thing. They don't respond or they or they will just make a really quick crypto response. Say, hey, sorry, I haven't gotten back to you. You know, I'll get back to you next month, whatever. So it, it's not really helping. The fact is, when companies don't get back to you, they don't want you. OK, and, and you have to move on and you have to right. get over that and move on. If if a company is interested in me. They're not going to let four to six weeks go by, right? You know, to let me know that they're they're going to give me some kind of hint, you know that that there's still interest. Uh, you know, hey Scott, sorry I haven't gotten back to you, but uh, we're still thinking on it. We're, we're still working on the search, and we're still thinking about you, and we'll we'll be in touch. That is, I expect nothing less than that. But if someone goes that three, four, five weeks, no response, not even to my fo- my my lovely little follow up note then I have to assume that company is not interested in me and I've already moved on from them. Right. Right. Yeah. Now, one of the things you also mentioned in our, in our previous conversations, and I think it's worth repeating is just, you know, using LinkedIn, not only in that capacity follow-up, but also just to find out more about a company and to, in terms of gaining access and entry to them and figuring out, um, you know, what they're about, you know, how you can make this, uh, the interviewing process, you know, as, as productive and powerful as, you know, before you try to follow up. Well, yeah, LinkedIn has a great feature. Not only can you search for people, but you can search for companies. Right. So let's say now I go on an interview at Newsday, okay? And and I can go 
type in Newsday into the search bar on LinkedIn and up will come a question. Would you, are you looking for the company LinkedIn page or are you looking for people that have worked at Newsday? And I would click people, okay? Mm -hmm. And up will come hundreds of people that have worked at, at Newsday or still work at Newsday or did work at Newsday 10 or 20 years ago, whatever. The, if, they, if their name is associated with Newsday in their LinkedIn profile, up their name will come. Okay. And what I have been preaching all along is for people to answer a post. Okay. So you saw a post for Newsday, you answered it, you, you went through proper channels, but now you're not done. Right. You are just not done. You've got to go do that search on, on for, uh, for Newsday, find the people that work there and start clicking connect, 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 connect with as many of them as possible. And let's face it, people are on LinkedIn to connect with other people. That's right. why they're there. So right. while 100 percent of the people won't respond and connect, certain percentage will maybe 20, 25 percent of the people you reach out to will actually connect with you. Then you can send them a note. Hey, Ron. Uh, thanks for connecting. I'm very interested in Newsday. Uh, I've been following the company for a long time. Uh, would love to get some inside information about what kind of systems the company uses, what kind of a company is it to work for. Can you? And also, your background is 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 really interesting to me. Can you can you give me five minutes? You know, next Wednesday, let's set up a quick call. And if that person is impressed with what you've done and how you've handled yourself and what you've said on that call, they can walk your resume in to the hiring manager. And now you're giving it to them from both sides. So you send in the right resume and cover letter, and now you're going through the networking phase. And, you know, every, everybody always used to say, well, networking is the best way to find a job. And it most certainly is, but LinkedIn is like networking on steroids. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it's, it, it adds some credibility. People like, want to know like who knows you and if somebody in the company knows you that gives a, a little bit more assurance to people who are looking to hire like oh okay now i've got some firsthand knowledge about this person not just what he what he puts down his references you know right and also let's not forget the obvious if if i type newsday into my own connections i'm going to get people that either work there now or did work there so right. so and i've got 8000 connections so right. the likelihood is it's a Long Island newspaper. I'm a Long Island guy. I mean, I'm in the media. I probably know somebody that works there and, right. or work there, and then they can walk my resume in. So, right. so job hunting today is LinkedIn creates more work, but it creates more opportunity right. to get in front of the employer. Right. Right. Now, what about some of the old standbys? Like, like we've talked about this before, but anything new with cover letters in terms of whether they're still useful, um, you know, how, are there any new wrinkles in them or what, what, what do you think about that? Well, I'm going to combine my marketing hat and my job hunting hat okay. to answer that question. Okay. Because if, if you are writing a cover letter and I make it easy for the hiring manager to see why I've applied for the role, why I would be a good candidate for the role, then a cover letter is super powerful. But if you just write a stupid cover letter, like, um, a dear, dear, to whom it may concern, uh, I'm attaching my resume for the job as a Schmendrick and, and uh, I'm totally qualified for this role and whatever. You haven't done anything. You've accomplished nothing. You know, show me the research. Show, show me, put it all together for me. Show me what the three best attributes you bring to the table are for this particular role. So you start the, you start the, um, the letter 
the cover letter or the cover note, whatever you want to call it, you start it by saying, my extensive background as a uh, journalist, writer, and editor should be of interest to your company's role for a managing editor. Right, right. So right off the bat, right right. off the bat, those are my three top things that I bring to the table in sentence number one, okay? And then in sentence number two, I have extensive background. And then you're going through now the bullets in the job description. And I have extensive background in this one, this one, this one, this one, this one. And and now you're hitting all the high notes and and you're you're, you're letting the guy see that you are a great candidate for this role, okay? So you haven't wasted the cover letter, Ron, with a form letter, you know, that just says you're attaching your resume. You've used the opportunity to express how well you express yourself and how well you can express yourself and how great your skills are for this particular role which right. is what people don't do enough of and should do more of. Right, right. Now, if you don't have a name, I mean, it, should you even send a cover letter? If I, if yeah, I can't say, dear Mr. Possessor. A lot of these, um, uh, nowadays, these systems like Taleo or any of the more popular uh, bullhorn or applicant tracking systems that you're going to see today, they do have a little slot for a cover letter. Uh, sometimes it's kind of small, but right. you can put a lot of a lot of information in it. It looks right. small from the outside, but you can pack it with a well-written uh, cover note that's very persuasive. And right. it, and if you're going to send a a boring, here's attaches my resume cover letter, don't bother. But if you're going to send me a, a cover letter that shows me you've researched my company and you're giving me your best attributes for the role in the first and second sentence of the cover letter, then then I think you should do it every time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think things like this are still important now, even with the pandemic, even people talking about, well, you know, there's a job shortage, people looking for jobs they can hire. My sense is that 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 may all be true. And yet I don't, I get the sense also that companies are being very much more selective about how they hire. Because so I think number one, they don't know what the future is going to bring. <laughs> they don't know where we're going exactly. So they're being careful about hiring. Mm-hmm. They, they know they need people, but they're not saying, all right, we let's just hire people and you know fill these you know, you know fill these desks or or fill these virtual desks, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that you know people need to know that um, um, there there there's the selection process. I think is is very uh, you know uh, very much um, you know a cautious one, and uh, don't think just because there's a job shortage that people are just going to hire you. Yeah, it's it's not easier. It's not easier to find a job, but that we have more tools today. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I do think that a well-written cover letter is a very, very overlooked, persuasive tool. Mm-hmm. But a poorly written cover letter is a, is a, is a distraction. Right. Uh, complete, I mean, I've seen cover letters with spelling mistakes. And mm-hmm. I've seen cover letters addressed to the wrong job. They, they're using a form letter. And it should be of interest to your job for a uh, a bartender. Well, I'm not applying for a role as a bartender. So what are you doing, buddy? You're wasting my time right. here. So right. your, your cover letter has to be, you need a second set of eyes. You right. need, I always tell people, get an editor, get your favorite editor, get get, get your, the smartest person you know, okay? To look over your cover letters, look over your resume. And so that it's not just you, um, but but I do think that that they're powerful, very powerful. Right, right. So let's uh, add on the the, the correlate to that of, is the, the the resume. You know, cover list and resume go, go hand in hand. So what's what's uh, the latest about that in terms of are there you know new wrinkles in looking putting together resumes? 
Um, you know, well, I, I have a, um, a thought on that. And, and so far, the people that I've introduced this thought to over the last year or two uh, have been supportive. But some people say, well, you know, you don't want to just mimic what's in the bullets of the job description because they're going to think you did that on purpose. Right. And then I hear that argument and I go, yeah, I did do it on purpose. So what's the problem? So, so, uh, but, but he, but what some people say is, uh, well, you shouldn't use the bullets from the job description on your resume. And I say, why not? Why not? If the company is giving you eight bullets and they're saying, these are the eight things we want you to be good at in order to hire you. Okay. Why don't you, and you've got them because you're in this business, you're in that field. So why don't you take those bullets and copy them and paste them right onto your resume. Now, this is going to screw up your whole resume. It's going to be too long. It's going to have duplication. So you got to go over it with a fine tooth comb. You don't want to put anything on the resume that isn't 100% true, that you can't 100% support. So maybe some of the bullets wind up, don't get on the resume. But those that are framed a certain way by the company, they're worded in such a way as to be very clear about what they're looking for. You should be giving it right back to them. The first thing they're saying is must have experience as a CPA. Okay. So the first thing on your resume is receive my CPA in, uh, in 2019, you know, why not? Mm-hmm. Because the company says, I want this. So give them what they want. Don't just keep giving them the same stuff that you give everybody else. Right. Okay. Give mm-hmm. them customize for them that you've got what they're looking for. And if there's eight bullets and you come up with six that fit and that sound right and that you've wordsmithed to make sure they don't sound um, copied and pasted, but they sound original, okay, then you've got a fabulous resume. I'm going to keep reading it. I'm just going to keep on reading it right to the very end if you did it yeah. that way the whole way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think if you're a little creative about it and you're just not, you know, as you say, copy and pasting, but you're looking at each bullet and, and you know, crafting, customizing a response to that bullet, mm-hmm. then I think that that works quite well. But it's yeah. also good to use some of the verbiage, you know, not all of the verbiage, some of the verbiage, the right. way companies frame things, you know, like, like, why are they saying this thing first? Why did they decide that this is the first bullet? It's not, it's not an accident. Right. They put that because they think that's the most important bullet. Okay. Right. So that should be the most important bullet on your resume and right. it should be first. Right. Okay. So, so that is the way I look at it. Um, I, I feel as though the bullets on the resume can be very compelling in in expressing to a company why you're such a great fit for the role. Right, right. And I think, um, you know, when you combine that with some of your research and reconnaissance with people on LinkedIn who know the company, mm-hmm. it can help you further craft, you know, how to customize those bullets. Like you can find out more information about, you know, what 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 is it specific about these? Which are the really top ones here? They might give you some information so you can do some sort of cross research, you know, that, that kind of gives some ballast to your, to your application as well. Yeah. And then of course you, you capitalize on those things that have relevancy to what you've learned. Right. Right. Great. So listen, we're going to take another quick break, Scott. Uh, so folks, uh, we're talking with Scott Possessor uh, from executive Alliance about jobs and job hunting 45 forward or any age really, uh, 25 forward, 45 forward, 65 forward. Uh, But uh, we're going to take a two-minute break. Uh, Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with much more in our final segment with Scott.
Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to 45 Forward. To reach Ron Roel or his guest on the program, please send an email to ron.roel at gmail.com. That's ron.roel at gmail.com. Now back to 45 Forward. Welcome back, folks. We're talking with Scott Possessor, the Senior Vice President of Executive Alliance, a national recruiting firm, and a, a premier job expert. So before the break, folks, we were talking about some of the nuts and bolts of um, of uh, job hunting that are here before the pandemic, during the pandemic, and will be here after the pandemic. And Scott went through a number of them, how to use LinkedIn, cover letters, that count uh, using creating uh, the perfect resume. Uh, there's one last piece I want to talk about a bit, which we've talked about before, but again, is something really uh, interesting, which is you know preparing for the interview and communication style um, during that process. The interview, first of all, you got to be prepared, Ronnie. You you you've got to be able to walk into an interview or sit down at your desk for an mm-hmm. interview and be able to tell the company how you can help them achieve their goals. If if I have a candidate that sits down with me and says, "Here's how I can help you achieve your goals," I'm going to listen. I'm going to pay attention, but. So many candidates don't walk in there with a strategy of how they can help the company achieve their goals. They basically they, they're prepared to talk about themselves. You know, this is me. I, I'm so good. I, I'm such a. I'm wonderful. I'm fabulous. I'm a fast learner. I'm adaptable. I'm I'm all these. I've got all these soft skills that you can't do without. Well, that's not true. They can do without your soft skills. They they want to know how you can help them. Now, how can you tell them how you can help them if you haven't researched 
and research and research and talk to people on LinkedIn that work for the company and get what's going on at the company, the culture, the, the, the problems they face, the, 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 what is, what is wrong with this company? Every company has issues. What are the issues of this company? And once you have that information to package that into what you're talking about on the interview, very, very powerful stuff. But, but people know that. Okay. People, they don't do it, but they know it (laughs) and they, they don't do it to the degree that I would like them to. Um, But, and I, I actually wind up with my candidates going through, through, through um, Google with them and saying, well, Google this, Google this, and you'll see what happens here. And you'll see what information that, you know, that it has here and so on and so on. So a guy goes to me, uh, I, I wish I, I wish I knew what kind of computer system the company used. Right. Uh, so that I, cause he's an IT guy. Right. So, so, I, so I said, do, do you know how to use a browser? He goes, yeah. You know what a browser is? Yeah. Okay. Google, what type of, of, of computer system does blankety blank company use? Just, just trust me. And up comes the answer. I mean, it's that, that was, how hard was that? Right. Right. So, so you, you just can't imagine the stuff that's available to you, um, you know, uh, through, through our friends at Google uh, that, that is so useful uh, on job interviews, but there's one thing that people overlook and that is the style of the interviewer. So mm-hmm. there are some interviewers that are totally stimulated by what they see, visual interviewers. So, for example, if you were looking at me and you're a visual guy and you're looking at me, you're going, well, that plant behind him is not centered. That's going to bother you the whole time you're talking to me. It's going to bother you. OK, but let's say you're not visually uh, stimulated. You're more of an auditory guy. You, 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 you think in terms of what you hear. Well, maybe you're liking my voice because I have that broadcaster's tone mm-hmm. in my voice and my voice, and I'm using it to capture your attention. I'm lowering my voice or I'm raising my voice. Okay. So there's the auditory people. You got to look out for them. And then there's the emotional communicators. The, this guy wants to, when you shake his hand, he wants to put his hand on top of your hand, you know, mm-hmm. make that feeling that 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 connection, uh, almost physical connection, which is harder and harder uh, now with COVID, uh, nearly impossible. But uh, if you if you see people with dirt on their light switch and piles of paper on their floor, they're very likely not visual. You don't need to paint them pictures with words. So let's take let's say you're interviewing me for a real estate job, okay? And I've discovered you are a visual communicator. Ron Rowell. Well, mm-hmm. I'm going to say, imagine what it would look like when you drive up the driveway of this ju- uh, of this house with the snow falling on the roof gently in the backdrop, right? I've created a visual image for you because I know you're visual, right? But if I think you're auditory, I'm going to say, imagine what it's going to be like uh, living in this house um, uh, w- without the screeching sirens and honking horns of New York City, but just the gentle chirping of crickets. Mm-hmm. And now I've created a, an auditory experience for you. And then the emotional, well, how would you feel driving up the driveway of this house? Would it give you a warm glow? You know, so there are, there are words that you can use and, and things that you can use. And of course, finding out if someone's visual, auditory or kinesthetic is easy as pie because they will let you know as soon as you explain, ask them to explain something, they're going to use verbs. And they, you're going to see, they're going to use see, watch, you know, and, and the ones that are connected to visual, or right. they're going to say feel um, and, and, or, and touch, okay? Right. Or they're going to say hear and listen, 
You know, and, and so it's very easy to determine what a person's style is. I think this is an overlooked way to make a connection with an employer uh, because they kind of feel like you would, you're sort of communicating from the same perspective and with this, using the same style. So I, again, it's not a mimicking thing. It's, it's just picking up on their style and saying, okay, I see their style and now I'm going to paint picture, the, the, right. create the proper picture with the proper brush. Right, right. Yeah, I think, and I think these are important tools. Uh, uh, just uh, thinking to our audience here, of the forty-five forward group, that, that basically these are tools you can use at any point in your career, and are going to have to keep using them because you're the chances are you're going to be working longer, um, and uh, for lots of reasons. We're living longer, so I think that a lot of people aren't you know retiring the way they used to. They're they're going into a phased retirement, or they're. they're they may they may, may want to shift careers, um, or they might want to do something different in retirement. They may want to you know play golf and relax and become a snowbird. That's fine, but I, I want to talk about you know what should people be thinking about you know as uh, from an age perspective. I know there are still issues of you know you know late age discrimination, but I think that that's something we're coming to terms with. And I, we've talked about this before, but let's sort of revisit where where are we now with that as people. Especially with the pandemic, I think some people are looking at, well, maybe it is time to retire, you know, uh, look for something else. But what would be your thoughts about that? Well, the great resignation was definitely a contributor to additional retirement that would mm-hmm. not have happened. Uh, but for your specific audience of 45 people, you know, that that 45 year old people moving forward, 40s, 50s, 60s. Right. Um, I think the resignation, the great resignation is very, very helpful to them because mm-hmm. the talent pools are not as fertile as they once were. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you can point to a goodly number of talent pools that have been deeply affected by the great resignation and by the competition for the, the best candidates. So I think if if at 45 or 50, you felt maybe you were being discriminated against, maybe that discrimination is a little bit less right now. They're not so much looking at your age. They're looking for that commitment, that loyalty, the things we talked about before that you can't prove if you keep changing jobs. Right. You right. know, so. Try to get your company to make the changes before you leave your job. That's that's a very important message today. But I think the 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 over forty five worker has been uh, bene- is benefiting from the great resignation. Um, it's not really a factor right now. I wouldn't hesitate to apply for a job, Ron. I'm in my sixties. If I if I thought I had to uh, look for a job, I, I would look for one and 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 feel as though I'm going to get a fair shake, right. um, which maybe two years ago I might not have. Yeah. Yeah, I think people are, you know, realizing that that experience counts and knowledge counts. And I think that it's not just salary. It's not just, well, I'm going to, you know, try to unload some salary burden here. It's like, yeah, but what do you, again, what do you want to, what do you need? What does your company need? And I think mm-hmm. that, I think, um, I think companies are getting a little bit more um, aware of just having the importance of an, of an age balance of younger and older. Um, and I think, you know, you know, that, that I think, you know, in both ways, I think the, I think older people still have a lot of energy. They're in better shape. They're in better health. So they you can say, well, younger people have more energy. It's like, well, so do older people. Um, they have, um, you know, I think younger people uh, have technological capability, but I think that that's the gap there, I think, is also closing. I think oh, that very much. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The average person of in, in their 40s and 50s today is a power user. Right. So, so uh, I, that just is, that doesn't, that's a nothing. That's not even a factor anymore. Uh, I just think that when people look at you on a monitor, 
you know, like, like, which is what the way a lot of interviews are happening nowadays, you know, they want to see someone who's energetic, who's, who's dressed in a snappy way, who, mm-hmm. who looks as though he's, he's vital and right. he or she, and, and has a lot of energy and communication style and power. And uh, uh, that's what we're looking for. We're not looking for age anymore. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 I think about, um, well, uh, uh, we just had uh, a Zoom birthday uh, celebration for one of my, my aunt, who was up, just turned 100 mm-hmm. and still um, communicates with her grandchildren, and, uh, on, you know, not only, uh, you know, email, but uh, on Zoom and uh, and also, you know, to, uses Google <laughs> to find out what they, they, you know, they tell her what they're working on, what they're, a lot of them are working on research and she Googles the research to find out what they're talking about. So she could be conversant with them, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, you know, and I, I have a, uh, I think, well, he must be about 92, 93 now, a cousin who um, he was a retired um, um, mathematics teacher, you know? Um, and I said, well, what are you doing now? And he's like, well, he's always liked to build furniture. Now he's he's learning how to, you know, make tars, <laughs> make violins, you know, craft mm-hmm. them out of wood. And um, I said, well, what do you what do you do for just relaxation? He goes, eh, I, I work I work on math problems, <laughs> tutorial, you know, uh, ex- exponential equations. You know, I'm like, okay, you know. Um, uh, so I, I think that you know we are in a stage where where people are more violent and making changes. Um, Later on, and I think, I think the other thing that I just wanted to mention uh, as we come to a close is that I think, you know, the 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 gradual progression of women, you know, being in the workforce. I think that that people have made a, you know, there's been a, a bit written about, well, the great resignation has affected women more, and then they're going at home, and you know, and they're staying staying at home, home taking care of their families. I, I think that's true, but I think that this you know, this tension um, has been there for a while about, you know, the work-life balance. So I think that this has put a spotlight on that, but I think is also it's, you know, the, the fifties style of women staying home, I think we realize is more of a blip. Yeah. And then what has been more true of our society, which is women have worked. And- well, I, I, it, Imagine being one of a woman during this uh, pandemic, and your kids are in school every day, and you don't know from one day to the next when your kids are going back to school. How can right. you possibly work? Right. You know, and and husbands don't have to deal with that in most cases. So, right. um, I, I admire and respect the, the women that have put up with this pandemic, and they're putting up with something that us men are not putting up with. Right. Right. And I think that's in. I think the gap there is closing slightly too. I think, I think I, I can speak for myself personally, but I think that men who have had an opportunity to be at home go like, Hmm, I can participate in ways that I couldn't before. And I can do things at home that I couldn't do. And I could spend more this business about, well, I'm going to retire to spend more time with my kids. It's like, well, you don't have to do that anymore. You can spend more time now. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's uh, been an un- interesting, you know, side effect of the pandemic. Um, but um uh, so, uh, listen, Scott, there's, it's always fun talking with you. There's a lot more we can keep talking about. Uh, we're coming to the end of our show. Um, I want to thank you for another terrific thought provoking conversation. Um, now people want to reach you, Scott, what's the best way to reach you through LinkedIn? Well, I would recommend to everyone connect with me on LinkedIn. And there's two reasons. All of my radio shows 
are posted on my LinkedIn account. If you're interested in a job hunting radio show um, uh, that's been on the air a thousand years, uh, just connect with me on LinkedIn. Tell me you met me on, uh, you heard, you heard me on Ron Rowell's um, 45 forward show. Um, And if they want to write to me, I'll give you my email address. They, you know, I'm happy to answer any emails or questions people may have about job hunting, uh, whether they're over 45 or not. And my email address is Scott at execs, allied.com e-x-e-c-s-a-l-l-i-e-d.com right and uh you could also if you want to um uh, listen to this show as a podcast you can go to my site rowellresources.com you'll see at the top of my 45 forward tab uh there'll be a link to our show uh there'll be some more information about scott and in case you missed it you'll have this contact information there as well so um once again, folks, uh, tell your friends, if you missed my conversation, you can still listen to it as a podcast on voiceamerica.com, or as I said, listen to it on my show, 45 Forward, um, uh, uh, Rowell Resources, uh, 45 Forward tab. You can also find it on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Our Heart Radio. Um, and if you want to send me comments or suggestions about for future shows, email me at ron.rowell at gmail.com. Uh, so folks, be sure to join me next Monday, 12 noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern time. I'll be talking with John Leland, a reporter for the New York Times, who's the author of Happiness is a Choice You Make, which is a fascinating chronicle of lessons learned by John Leland by spending a year with several people who were known as the oldest old, people over 85, who are now the fastest growing segment of our population. So, folks, until then, keep moving forward, 45 forward. Thank you for tuning in to 45 Forward. Please join your host, Ron Roel, for another great show next Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We wish you a great week.